0: Welcome back to the Tyro Podcast. I'm so excited that you guys are back for season two. Thank you for sticking around. This season might sound a bit different as a lot of it will be done over Zoom. I will try my best to make the audio quality as good as possible, but I am learning on the job and I'm by no means an audio engineer. But regardless, I have some super exciting guests lined up. I will also be posting a new episode every two weeks, giving you guys ample time to catch up. I am recording this in California, so expect many of the guests to be over this way. However, we start this season with a familiar accent. Let's get started. You're listening to The Tyro Podcast, a space to help understand ourselves on a deeper level by learning and sharing from each other's spiritual and wellness practices. My name is Lucy, and I am so excited to be on this journey alongside you. I am so excited to welcome March onto the Tyro podcast. Her Instagram account is uplifting and an incredibly insightful glimpse into life with hidden disabilities. Also, congratulations are in order as March is now officially a practicing health and life coach. I'm sure my listeners will agree that we are very lucky to have her here. I know that there is much to learn from her experiences and her beautiful spirit.
1: Oh my god, that was
0: so nice. The <laughs> so nicest anyone said to me all oh, week. <laughs> right oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So, I think we'll get started just talking about your experiences growing up with a chronic illness. So, what was it like growing up with an invisible disability? That's a good question. So,
1: I never thought of myself as having a disability until I was about eighteen. Uh, I was born with a syndrome, and not many people know this actually. So I was born with a syndrome. It affects one in 40,000 babies. Wow. Uh, it affects like seven major body parts. So I have one kidney. I was born without an esophagus. I have scoliosis and I did have obviously really bad respiratory problems, but now they took out the left lung. So I've got the right lung and we're going with it. So I think I spent a lot of time in hospital as a kid. I missed a lot of school. Uh had chest infections every four weeks and spent birthdays in hospital, Christmases in hospital. But I mean, it wasn't all bad because the local football team came next to my bed and I was surrounded by <laughs> loads of hunky men. <laughs> we didn't mind so much. Seven year old me laughing it up. I couldn't I couldn't run around and play like all the other kids and all my friends because if I got cold, I would get pneumonia on the back of a cold. I took wrapping up warm to the next level, You mm. see. <laughs> I was like, oompa loompa. So I, I was in this loop, of constantly in hospital. And so they, the decision was made to take my left lung out when I was 11. Uh They didn't tell me about what was going on, which I think... In hindsight, it's probably for the best. Mm. But when I had the left lung taken out, obviously you have less sort of wiggle room in terms of immunity. So when I get a chest infection, you've only got the one lung fighting it. So when I was 18, I got really poorly and was put in a coma for two months. Mm. Um, and so it was sort of on the back of that, my dad called me when I was about 19. I passed my driving test. My dad called me, he was like, hey, have you ever thought about getting a disabled blue badge? And I was a bit like, what? In my head, why would I do that? You know, that's, that's, they're not for me. I'm I'm not deserving of that. And I think when I started applying for it, I actually realized, oh, I am less able-bodied than everyone else. And I started to sort of educate myself around disabilities and I think a lot of people are quite scared of the word disability. So with that, there's a lot of pressure that comes with the word. And the Mm -hmm. more I started learning about it and I, oh yeah, if I wanted to be in the Olympics, I would be in the Paralympics and I'm not going to be running with Usain Bolt. So I think a lot of that then changed my outlook on how I viewed my body. And that was my journey to learning
0: about disability and growing up with disability so how do you think this affected your overall mental health do you think that was something that like what did it look like that journey of accepting the disabled inverted commas
1: yeah I think well mental health for one like I never talked about it when I was younger slash I still hardly talk about it now I'm just getting to grips with you know, voicing your feelings, and that's what I'm working on in my coaching and stuff. But, you know, as kids, you're you're struggling to even tie your shoelace, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Like yeah. trying to come to terms with all the stuff that you've got going on is so all-consuming. So it, it just wasn't something that I considered, but I did know that if I was poorly, I was sad. Mm. And so there was that correlation, that marry-up of the physical and mental health was a combined entity. Lots of my friends have been shocked when I've been sharing my health journey on Instagram and stuff because some of my best friends didn't even know half of the stuff. It's something, I don't know, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Yeah. Like. I went to a normal school with my sisters and did that and then half the time I was in the hospital classroom learning my maths. sort of this half-half life that no one really knew. It was just what my life was so mm. i think mentally it's just something that you grow up with and you just learn to
0: deal with it in in that way it's just part of your life mm. so you talked about on your instagram how yes. once you found holistic health you've had such a good improvement in in your overall health so one of the things you mentioned was chest infections and i was just wondering how was it that you found and started your holistic health journey it's a good question lucy <laughs> um
1: i suppose like holistic health it's sort of always been ongoing with me i've tried every supplement treatment reiki act puncher you name it i think i've had it but sort of at that point it was sort of nothing ventured nothing gained and it's kind of true in health you've got to try as much you can because you never know what might help. As a child, I had a nurse that came to my house every week and she'd lay me on my side and would do physio on me until my lung got better. So that was done when I was 11. And then from 10 onwards, as I started to grow, my scoliosis got way worse. And they wanted to operate, but it was just way too complicated. You know, they'd have to get like specialist machines in to deflate my lungs and put metal rods on my back. So we decided against it. And instead, I just do Pilates every day. I think it was hard because we obviously, d- we didn't go for the conventional forms of treatment. So we had to look holistically. Um, I think I was more forced into the world of holistic health. And maybe it yeah. wouldn't have been a path that I chose. At the time, it wasn't really a priority. When I was a teenager, you know, romances and boys, just way more of a priority for me. So I never thought of stuff to sort of help me. I wanted to rebel and prove I could be like everyone else. It was quite hard, you know, coming to Holistic Health, but now that I've got there, it's like, I would just never go back because you learn what your priorities are, but it's just like everyone else are navigating the world just maybe a bit differently.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. So you said you do Pilates instead of having your scoliosis surgery.
1: Yeah. So mm. I was, I was sixteen. I think I went in for an appointment. The doctor didn't even look at me, and was just like doing his notes. Turned around. and he was like, um, "You look like the Leaning Tower of Pisa." And honestly, from that moment onwards, I was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" It was so. It was like. One of those really awkward ages as well, where yeah, you're so, so much. Mm. And so I, I do Pilates all the time now, but you know, one day might have to have the surgery, but you just go with every day, mm. see how you get on. Yeah. Um,
0: and what other pillars of holistic health do you have in your life other than Pilates?
1: Oh, pillars. <laughs> I've never thought pillars. <laughs> um, so I would say exercise is really key. In general, I've only just come to exercise really late. I don't know about you. I just still don't do it so bad.
0: Okay, <laughs> I need to. Yoga. That's
1: so much better. So <laughs> um, no, it's really, really good. One, concentration, but mostly for health. I mean, it's incredible, like, the effects that you can have on the body, the mind, just the soul in general. Um, mm. And journaling is one yeah. of my massive ones. Do you journal?
0: I do journal. I think... I struggled with journaling for a while because I'd open up my journal and I've definitely struggled with perfectionist tendencies. So I'd open it up and be like, what well, am I going to write? Like, who am I even writing to? And then one day it just came to me and I've done it pretty much at least once a week since then. Okay. So once a week and do you find it therapeutic? Um, yes. Well, I, like once a week is in a bad week, but if in a good week, like I try almost do it every other day. Probably don't ever manage every day, but yeah, I find uh, it so therapeutic. I need to get my thoughts out some way. So I yeah. feel much better writing it down than speaking to someone about it, than afterwards being like, oh, overshed.
1: <laughs> and I also think sometimes when you're journaling, you write stuff down and it literally tells you on the page how you are feeling that day mm. without you even being like, oh, that's how I'm feeling. You just look and it's black and white. There it is. This is what you want to get done. This is, the stuff that you haven't done, or this is how you're feeling, what you're grateful for. Mm. And I think it's such a nice experience that you can, if you can incorporate in your day to day, it's the best. Yeah. Thing so,
0: you what's do. your journaling routine?
1: Every morning that I wake up.
0: Really? Every morning?
1: Every morning. Yeah. Not Saturday and Sundays, I'm a bit lax, but Monday to Friday, every morning.
0: So do you journal. journal on how you're feeling, what you want to get done that day?
1: Yeah, it's a specific journal that says your mindful intentions for the day, your journal entry for the day, what you're grateful for that day. So Oh, that's nice. It is nice. It's dedicated for you. Mm. So you don't have to...
0: Overthink have it. That ...structure too much, mm. which yeah. Is nice, yeah. So what else do you do? So you do journaling, exercise...
1: Going for walks, I couldn't stress more,
0: mm. is so good for
1: just getting out in nature. I call it vitamin S to my coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you've got to get your vitamin sunshine because it's so important for just so many different reasons. But if you're feeling that lull or you're feeling a bit brain foggy or that energy dip, it's really, really important to get outside, get into the na- into the nature and you you never regret it.
0: Yeah, I'd say that is maybe my one little bit of exercise that I do do, especially in that lockdown period. I was going for an hour walk a day. That's and so good. Yeah, and that was really good for me. I'm doing it a lot now I'm out here because it's so nice everywhere, but it's really yes. hot, but it's still nice. You mentioned brain fog, which is definitely something that I struggle with a lot, and I think I agreed mm-hmm. that really helps me, and maybe a cold shower. Do you have any other tips and tricks for brain fog? Um, asking to good. myself.
1: Good. It's a good question, Lucy. Let me just think about that for ten seconds. Okay, so one thing I always like to do is just make sure you're not as much as you can scrolling on any social media platforms. Mm. I, it's such a hard one to regulate, and we all are guilty of it and fall we'll into it. But if you wake up and you're just feeling a bit like lolly and fuzzy, I think one of the worst things that you can do is mindlessly scroll because it just lowers that serotonin level and it sort of gives you that fake dopamine hit that just leaves you feeling even more foggy than you were when you started. So I think that's one of the things to avoid. Um, cold cherry is a really good one. I've never done it personally. Uh, reasons that I say about the cold earlier. But um, Yeah,
0: true.
1: <laughs> do, do you love them?
0: I don't like, I wouldn't say I love them, but I definitely feel better when I do them. Hey guys, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you to press the add button and the download. If you could share this episode with just one person you think might enjoy it, it would help me so much. Thank you. Looking at your Instagram as well, which I sort of heavily stalked you before this call, so I was prepared, it seems. Like you've done a lot of inner work during COVID and it being a really isolating time for you. So I'd love to talk a bit more about the lessons you learned along the way.
1: Um, The lessons I learned. Mm. So you're going to be quite surprised because it wasn't... I I mean, I went into lockdown when I was 23 Mm. and it wasn't until I was 25 that I came out. But I'd never sat down and looked at myself and gone you can't carry on like this um you know i was getting sick all the time i just finished uni i I was 23 yeah just finished uni i didn't have a job and we went into covid and it was the perfect time for me to sort of stop reassess learn about exercise learn about foods that boost your immune system you know Mm. really just work on my sleep routine and that I've taken, I started my Instagram in the time because so I didn't have a job. So it was my, my way of, you know, focusing my energy on something. And from that, it's led me to what I wanted to do, which is incredible. But I've also taken what I learned then and I'm still doing it now mm. when we're out of lockdown. And it's just put me in such a steadfast position that I'm not getting sick anymore. And it's, it's crazy because I think. I tapped into that person that I never thought I could be. Maybe because I I believed that I couldn't be that person. And in coaching, we say your beliefs create your experiences and your experiences confirm your beliefs. So what we mean by that is if I believed that, you know, if I believed that all women had long hair, I'd constantly look for evidence to back that up. Mm. So every time I was getting sick, I'd I'd believe and I'd say to myself, this is my life and this is just how it is and I can't change anything about it. But when I shifted that, I was able to make these insane steps forward in my health that I will never go back on, which Mm. is just the most insane thing ever. So you think without the lockdown,
0: you might not be in this position now?
1: Definitely. I never used to look after myself or listen to my body. I mean, that's the biggest message that I can give to people is just listen to your body. It's trying to talk to you all the time. Mm. It's just whether or not you want to listen to it. It's trying to send us signals and those signals are something that you need to try and listen to because more often than not, it's trying to tell you something.
0: Mm. When you were kind of stuck in... Like at work, like as everyone else was experiencing, but I feel like your isolation was a bit more acute. Is that right word to use? That (laughs) yeah. How did you stay positive? I know that you had to also stay locked down for a bit longer Mm -hmm. than others. So how did you stay positive during this time?
1: I don't know. I (laughs) I didn't leave the house. Like physically, didn't leave the house apart from walking around the house. Mm -hmm. I didn't leave the house for six months straight. Wow. So. I mean, my friends were amazing. They came to see me and they were like at a massive distance and stuff, but I don't know how I stayed positive. I think I refrained from that mindset of when I was having a bad day, you, you go, Oh, I'm having a really bad day. If someone says to you, yeah, but think about all those other people that are having a worse day than you. For me, it doesn't detract from the fact that I'm having a bad day. I know people are having a bad day other in other places around the world. You've got to make sure that your feelings are like filtered through and sometimes having a bad day means sitting in bed all day and that's totally fine. But I think being positive in situations that are out of your control are sometimes the only solution. Mm.
0: That makes sense. Does yeah, it no, does? it does make sense. Does it? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like not allowing yourself because i i th- I see that with myself as well, which is something that I'm really working on consciously is like not allowing yourself to get bogged down by negative thinking and instead just rising above that and I suppose like you just started what is now your passion and your now your career
1: it was sort of a pathway to where I am now and mm. without that I wouldn't be here so. I'm grateful to David, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think in a way, though, we all learned something so important from mm. maybe more the first lockdown than the second lockdown. I feel like we all kind of were able to take those slower steps. Um, and yeah, I guess it, it. I wouldn't be doing this either, actually, now that I think about it, because it was the first lockdown that I started reading power now and stuff like that. and. Yeah, that's what kind of got me all into this is I guess having the time to think and like not want to think.
1: Taking taking that time and reassessing and I think you wouldn't, as you say, you wouldn't be where you are now and what an insane path you're on as well.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't be doing this. This kind of leads on quite nicely because it's similar themes but Mm -hmm. you talk a lot on your Instagram about making decisions that are right for you even if it means missing out on parties or things with your friends which i think is something that everyone can take from because i know that i definitely have struggled with fomo and things like that um so yeah i was just wondering if you could talk a bit more about that yeah
1: so i'd say what's really important is honoring your yes and your no knowing when to say yes to things and i think we're in a world now where everything's quite instant And people expect instant replies and instant answers. And I think if you get invited to go somewhere or there's a birthday party or you've got a meeting, you need to assess in your head, right, do I need to say yes in this moment? Mm. And I think you don't know how you're going to be feeling on the day. So there's nothing wrong with a few days before just assessing how you're feeling. If you've had a bad week at work, you're not going to want to go to your your friend's party especially when you've got health conditions to think about honoring your yes and your no becomes so much more important because you know a late night is going to have an effect on your energy levels the next day your tiredness levels and your mood sometimes it is frustrating to not go to these parties and not Mm. not go to every social occasion but just pick i think pick your moments and it makes them much more precious when you're not doing stuff all the time and mm. you take that time to yourself and you do self-care at home uh, or you're just relaxing in the way that you want to fill your energy levels back up and then whatever overflows those energy levels is what you can give to other people mm. so it's a nice way
0: of looking at it
1: Our body's like a cup you know the more we can fill it up with the self-care that we do anything that overflows that cup is what you can give to other people. Mm. But if that cup's not full up, you've had a stressful week at work, it's depleting what's depleting, by the time it gets to Friday and you've got something going on, you're going to have nothing to give. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, I, again, as I say, listening to the signals of the body, what it's trying to tell you, how drained you are, and that you'll get reward for that um, mm. by listening.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of something that one of my friends once said to me. I was talking to him about how I was struggling to say no to things and I felt like a big pressure in terms of going to social events when mm-hmm. like I really wasn't feeling it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, that it isn't even just the effect that it has on you, but you being there when you're not a hundred percent affects everyone else. Right. Even if you're faking it, it's everyone knows. We can read body language and energy so well i think i think also that's another thing as well when you go to an event or
1: your social occasion and you go you're on really good energy levels you're on good form and you don't want to drink i think another thing is just being really content in the fact that you're not going to have a drink that evening and Mm. no one notices anyway after the first couple of drinks that you're not drinking so just be bold in your decisions and you know what is going to nourish your body and what's not. The boundaries are so important, and mm. the more you just learn about your body, we're all learning all the time, but
0: mm. it will reward you. Yeah. When you have those moments of not being able to to go, what do you do to manage those feelings and emotions? I've had <clears throat> quite a few years of it now, so it's mm.
1: at at first, it, I would always. Drag myself to the point of extreme tiredness that Mm. I knew I shouldn't go to whatever it was, but I'd go anywhere and that would be the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. And next day I'd be so unwell. But now I'm so comfortable knowing that the decision I'm making in that moment is going to have a positive effect on my health the next day, the next week, the next month. So Mm. I think just being assured in yourself and in your mind that you know yourself that's the most crucial thing is don't be sad about the decision you're making because you know it's going to be positive it's good it's a good decision obviously at times it can be really gutting and stay away from social media when when you're not going to these things you know put your phone in another room i don't sleep with my phone in my room and it's such a nice barrier between you and the world so i think that's that's a really good one if you're not going to go to something try and not look at what everyone else is doing whilst you're sat at home maybe having a bath or watching the tv
0: yeah that's a good one yeah Yeah. i think instagram stories is one of the worst things that was ever invented who invented those who invented those yeah i get the sense from your Instagram as well that you're you've worked a lot on your self-love mm-hmm. um so I was wondering if you had any recommendations of how we can all be more patient and caring with ourselves
1: so I think self-love doesn't really come naturally to us as humans we tend to be much more harsh on ourselves focused on the bad rather than the good and this is really true for health as well so we're all blessed with life and some people have a few more bumps in the road than others, but it's what you do with those bumps that create the fulfillment, I think. And there's a really good coaching tool that I I love called Reframing. And essentially, it's trying to see a situation from a new perspective. So, i.e. You're, you're in a football game and you break your arm. It's awful and painful at the time. But you can transition from this notion of how bad it is to this thing has happened to me or this thing has happened for me. And I think understanding situations from a sort of new approach and trying to understand the messages maybe that it's trying to send, like whoever was in the football match, was I overworking myself? Was I on the cusp of burnout? You know, I think... Once I learned the body is trying to talk to us and send us signal, I sort of adapted my mind to that. And okay, I I got through a few hurdles, but what do I need to address on the back of it? And I'm I'm not saying that you know everything needs to be positive because when you're in bed for a month with a chest infection or a broken leg, it is crap. But what I'm saying is that. You can see it from a new angle, from with new findings, because after all, we are all just learning the whole time. So mm. I think reframing is really, really powerful in terms of trying to shift that negative thought pattern. Mm. Mm-mm. Hmm.
0: Reframing. I like that. Yeah. As we briefly touched on earlier, there isn't enough education on disabilities. And as you said, it's usually a term loaded with fear and awkwardness. Do you have any insight for me as an abled body person?
1: Definitely. Um, <laughs> me, right, what can I think about first? Right. So driving, I've got my disabled blue badge. One of the main things I would say is if you see anyone putting out their blue badge, don't give them a weird look. I think, well, it's mostly older people that do it to me, but you have no idea what that person's going through. So I think try and refrain from taking any judgment. Just approach something with curiosity, not judgment. Um, another one is appearance. Anyone with a disability can look any way, you know, whether you're visually impaired or you're deaf or, you know, you're like me where you've got a hidden disability. So I think. If you don't have anything nice to say about someone's appearance, don't say it at all. There's been so many times where I've been called tiny or I've been, yeah, I've been called really, really bad things. And I think that impacts someone's lives. And to be honest, in general, I think commenting on people's appearance isn't great. And le- unless, as I say, it's something nice, I just think you've, you've got to have an awareness for why someone might look like that or might behave like that or might act like that, I think. That's a really important thing and another one would be just if you're planning an event or you're planning a party, cater for the fact that you might have less able-bodied people coming. So making sure you've got ramps, you've got access ways. We kind of don't get integrated into events as a forethought was sort of an afterthought and I think it's just something that we need to bring attention to and try and change and we can change it. It's just taking more people or speaking up about it to try and voice that
0: change. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing. To finish off, I'm going to ask you the question that I've asked all my guests in season one, um, but I'm going to ask you two questions. So this is the first one. Okay. So what are your f- three favorite things to do when you're feeling off? Or like wake up in a bad headspace or you just need to reconnect. What are the three things? Music.
1: Every time. Some people went like this, is my go-to down but <laughs> yeah. she, she gets me moving. Um, so yeah, music's definitely a big one. Um, and podcasts are really good as well, depending on what you like. But if I'm having an off day, I honestly think going out, fresh air, walking, that's the best cure you know, I can do for a, a bad head. Um, even if you don't feel like you want to, it always helps.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. And the new question that I've added for season two is, what's your next thing on your list that you want to learn more about or improve? Does That's that make a really sense? a good question, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um, I want to read more. Mm-hmm. I read a lot at the moment. I read novels and... I just wanna keep going, keep learning from other people that have come before us, because I always say this, if you can speak to anyone in life that's older than you, you're gonna learn something. So if we can learn from the people that come before us and had these problems before us, we're one step to solving the issue. Mm,
0: That's a good answer. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. I'm very happy that you're back for season two. Um, you can keep up to date with March on Instagram, but she is currently in the process of changing her handle so you can check the description where I've linked it below. Thanks
1: Lucy. <laughs> I have it.